Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. Howdy folks and welcome back to Grass Talk Radio. This episode is going to be a special treat for mandolin players in particular. Although if you play other instruments, I think you'll find it equally interesting. Today I'm going to interview a fellow by the name of Scott Tishner. And you may not have heard of him, but if you're a mandolin player, you probably have been influenced by him. He is the creator and head honcho of the website mandolincafe.com. And people like him are the unsung heroes of the internet. Maybe uh, you haven't heard of him, but thousands and thousands and thousands of people have visited his site, found information from people in the forums, uh, bought and sold things using the classified ads that are there, or just generally you know, hung out, and it's almost like a family over there of the users. And if you're a mandolin player, you may have been to Mandolin Cafe, but you may not have known who put it all together. So anyway, I've got a little uh, conversation here with Scott, so let's jump over and listen to my interview with Scott Tishner of Mandolin Cafe. All right, so Scott, the first question I have for you is, and I know you've heard the old, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Let me ask you, which came first for you, the mandolin or the mandolin cafe? Uh, Mandolin. (laughs) You know, I kind of thought that because I thought, who would start a website devoted to the mandolin if they didn't have any interest in the mandolin? But tell me, how did you first become interested or even aware of a mandolin? You know, I don't even think I was very aware of one <clears throat> until, um, let's see, I'm trying to think. I, you know, when I was in uh, college, I was, well, I started playing guitar when I was very young. And then um, I was heavily involved in band all through high school. What, and, did, you, uh, what did you play in the band? Uh, I was a horn player, so I played uh, mostly baritone, but I could play trombone. And um, a little bit of trumpet. Yeah, that, that's and, interesting. I, I I was a French horn player, and that's where I learned to do that offbeat. Because I I know if, if you were in band, you remember playing all those Sousa marches, and the horns, the poor horns, all they ever hit were offbeats. And I think that helped my mandolin playing. But okay, <laughs> so back to you in band. I never I never thought of it that way. <laughs> I swear I think it it, it I grasped the offbeat concept so easily because all we did was pop 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 you know. Right. It helped, and, and and I think it, and this is probably true for you too. It learning to read some some standard music notation definitely helped me down down the line, even after I became a bluegrasser. Oh right, I, I think most people probably think that I'm a tablature only guy, but I actually I spend most of my time um, sticking my nose in the you know standard notation, whether you know whether it's fiddle tunes or Bach or or whatever I'm playing. But uh, anyway, back to that question, so. Um, I had a bunch of music scholarship offers to go to college, but I also had an athletic scholarship, and I chose to do the athletic scholarship route, which uh, meant that I couldn't practice uh, with the 
you know, the bands in college. So uh, out the door went the music as soon as I went to college. And within about three months, I just, I really missed being a musician and, and having, you know, music kind of be the, the front and center of my life. And so I bought a little guitar for like $50 and I already knew how to play because I grew up with guitars and uh, started playing a lot you know, and then pretty soon it was consuming, you know, most of my day. And, and then uh, I got out of college. I moved to Kansas City uh, to teach high school. And I was looking for a job in a bluegrass band to play guitar. And I knew all the musicians in the, in the city. And uh, one of them finally said, hey, we need a mandolin player for the summer. Do you, do you play mandolin? And I say, no, I don't, I don't have a mandolin. They said, do you know how to play? And I said, I have no idea. This guy said, I've got, a, I've got an old Gibson F mandolin, and it was like one of those 60s things that was sort of real ornate. It was like the worst period of Gibson. And, right, and right. So he loaned it to me, and I immediately thought, this is not a very good instrument. But I, so he gave me a few lessons, and I learned how to chop chords, and I went to try out this band, and they said, okay, you're hired for the summer. And then once I started playing mandolin, I, I, the guitar just immediately took a back seat and so that's how I got into the instrument yeah um at that stage when you were learning who were you listening to in terms of you know the mandolin greats of the world or are we just you know figuring it out totally on your own or did you have a stack of Bill Monroe records or what what was uh, what were you what were you well, how are you learning uh, the few years before that were sort of the big heyday of flat picking guitars so I was really uh listening to lots as much doc watson as i could get a hold of yeah. and uh there was a couple of dan Curry albums that were good and norman blake was mm -hmm. you know so those three and i actually got to see them the, the three of them on stage together one time at winfield you know back in the oh, early yeah. days yeah i forgot you right up there so by the, by the time i started playing mandolin i always told people that i i i kind of play mandolin like a guitar player right i so you know all that music sort of got inside me and, and uh, early on. And, you know, after that, I was listening to, um, you know, the early Newgrass Revival and some of the uh, David Grisman, uh, Olden in the Way. And at some point, I kept hearing the Stanley Brothers and I kept thinking, I just don't like this. What's going on? And finally, one day, you know, the light bulb clicks and you get it, right? you know, yeah. either, either like that music or you don't. And a lot of, a lot of people who play bluegrass don't like that. I was in the same boat when I was started. As soon as somebody would start singing, I didn't like it. All I wanted to hear was fast banjo playing, mandolin playing, and the singing I just didn't get. But the, the longer a period of time I was involved in bluegrass, the more that's almost all I cared about, especially when I got in a band and I started singing part singing and things like that it became i was just far more knocked out by great singing than great playing after after a while right i i just uh you know i if i'm listening to a a band you know if they can't play real well but they can sing i i much prefer that over you know people that can play like blazes that can't sing right i'm with you on that well let me ask you what what other instruments aside from your band days and you've mentioned the guitar do you play i mean I, you may not want to reveal whether you are, in fact, a closet banjo player, but hey, maybe it's the maybe it's the bagpipes or accordion. But I'm sure you 
tinker with other things. What else do you play? Uh, I don't really play banjo. I, I have I have one a guy gave to me when it when when I was like six years old, and it's a mess, and it's not playable. And I've literally carried this thing around my entire life because it meant a lot to this old guy that used to play dances with it. But I don't really really play banjo. Um, I, it's, I'm pretty much restricted to uh, mandolin and guitar. I don't don't really play much guitar anymore. I, I used to play, you know, tons of guitar and a lot of finger picking. And I got into into doing all the Stefan Grossman kind of ragtime and, and blues mm-hmm. and things like that. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty much just strictly mandolin now. Yeah. Maybe tenor tenor guitar once in a while. Yeah, um, on that tenor guitar, have you ever um, have you ever done any of that? Um, Texas fiddle backup business, you know? No, no. But I, I do it on mandolin uh, quite a bit. You know, I could pretty much do that in any key in, on mandolin, but I've never really got into the the uh, the tenor guitar. And, I, and I've heard plenty of that for, like, fiddle contests. Right. Yeah, I've got a buddy of mine that was heavily into the whole Texas fiddling thing for a while, and he gave me a book one time that he had picked up at a at a contest or something it was called guitar playing doesn't have to be boring and it was just <laughs> a book of chord progressions and it was mind-blowing to me because at that time i thought sally gooden had two chords and i look at this and i'm like whoa what is this stuff and oh, then yeah. after i started learning i realized i was hearing people like ricky skaggs doing that sort of thing you know it, it's amazing how many different chord progressions you can put behind a very simple melody Sure, but anyway, let's uh, let's switch gears now to the the uh, the cafe because we've already established that the mandolin came first, obviously, and along comes mandolin cafe. And I remember reading somewhere that when this started, you went to a show or something and you bought a book on how to code HTML. And I remember doing something very similar, and I don't remember exactly when this was, probably. God, maybe 1994 or five. I don't know, but I remember sitting down and trying to create a, a website for our band. And at that time, I was on AOL, and they had they gave you a little bit of web server space. I don't. That's all vaporized now. It used to be called members.aol.com/slash whoever you were. So I could had just a little space, like a megabyte or something, to put a website up. So I'm trying to write code, and it. There wasn't even a center command. Everything was on the left. And I think you got started back in those paleo website days. So tell me how it all got started. I, I think it was, um, it must have, I, I don't remember when the, the old Macworld conferences were, but I, I, my memory is it was in March of 1993 my wife who's a, a graphic artist who works on a Macintosh we went and we were newly married and so we went to this Macworld conference in 1993 which is massive you know there's probably 60 80,000 people there and, and you know hundreds and hundreds of vendors everything you could imagine uh, computer related and I had been asked uh, to create a website for a music store a local music store so I walked all over the show, and there's thousands of books, you know, on how to do this and that. I could only find one uh, that detailed how to build a website. So I bought it, and I brought it home, and I read it all the way through twice. And then I started 
you know, building my first website. And, and actually, I, I told the music store, I said, why don't you let me build something for myself first, and I'll see, you know, if this is something that I can do. And that, that first thing I built was, you know, an early version of the Manland Cafe. Yeah, I've, I think, I don't know if, if the Wayback Machine goes back to the very first one, but I've, I've gone back and looked at, you know, the older versions of, of my site and your site and a lot of other people's, and it, it's pretty interesting to go back. I, I was searching one time to see if I could find the first mention of the first book that I did because you were very instrumental in, in helping me do what I'm now doing. And, you know, because I, I had this book and I didn't know what to do with it. And a student of mine said, hey, there's this site called Manlin Cafe, which I had heard about, but I'd, I hadn't really been there that much I'd, a couple of times. He said, you need to put a classified ad on there. So I did. And by morning, I had sold 30 books or something. And all of a sudden, I had this big problem. I, ha I don't have any books. I only have one of them. I've got to go to the <laughs> printer and buy some books and figure this whole thing out. But I, one time I went back looking to see if I could find that mention, and I, and I found it and did a screen snapshot of it. I, I don't know where it is right now, but you helped me a lot whether you know it or not, and you've helped a whole lot of other people. Um, so anyway, back to as it, how, when did it start growing and becoming kind of a real thing? Because I know it's easy to, well, it's not easy, but it's, it's easy to put a website out there. It's harder to get people to find it and notice it. Well, you know, back then there was, um, when I first got on the internet, I, you know, it was the first thing I did. I, I, I'm trying to remember the name of that horrible, uh, search engine that, you know, Oh, oh uh, yeah. Web uh, what, what, <laughs> I don't remember what it was. So I, first thing I did was plug in mandolin because I, you know, even back then I was, you know, it's pretty much mandolins on my mind, you know, 24 seven. Right. And I ran into Dan Beinborn's. Uh, website. Uh, he was living in Milwaukee at the time. He's the he's the guy that owns the Manlin Archive and and uh, yeah. does the system administration for my server now. And I saw that and I just went, oh, wow, I'd like to do that. You know, something like that. And um, you know, so uh, but I I actually let's see the first day I uploaded it to the internet. It's kind of funny story. This is how naive I was back then. So I built this website locally and and I literally I grabbed the floppy disk and I drove out to my internet provider and told them <laughs> I I need to I want to put this website I've built on the internet. And they go they kind of looked at me and they said, Well you use software to do that. That's called FTP and I was like, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> um, so been but, but anyway, so it was it was November eighteenth, uh, nineteen ninety uh, five. That should yeah. be a national holiday for all mandolin players. <laughs> I don't know about that. Probably probably the launch of Commando or or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I within the first day or two, I was getting a hundred, hundred and fifty, you know, visits a day, which amazed me. I just didn't know what was out there. But there was, I think people were kind of starting to um, figure out that there was a lot out there and they just wanted to see. I think I think the way you got noticed back then was, was to post a, a notice on Commando, which is an old listserv. And a lot of people that are listening to this probably don't even know what a listserv is, but it, it's kind of like a bulletin board um, 
circa 19, you know, 95. Yeah, I was, I was around on that list at one point, and I used to get mine as, I, I forget what they called it. Basically, you got one email a day that it was just like everything that happened that day, blam, in this giant email. And it was pretty confusing to follow along with, but I was hanging around in those days. Yeah, that was a digest. Right? Digest, that's it, yeah. <clears throat> right. And so, you know, the first year or two, you know, kind of sailed along. And I and I remember, you know, just kind of being amazed. And I, I you know, I, I, I tell people that... Um, this thing didn't get big because I was technically savvy. It got big because I couldn't stop. Right. And, and I just, <laughs> I'm one of those people that, um, you know, I have something, if there's an issue or a problem, I, I don't rest until I figure it out. Right. And so I, I mean, I still get up every day and I like the challenge of, of working on this website. Yeah. What, um, I was I was thinking about you know what am I going to ask you about and stuff, and I wondered, you know, when you wake up in the morning, and you got that cup of coffee, and you turn on the computer, what is the one thing you hope you do not see? Because <laughs> I've had days like this, and it happened to me about <laughs> about two weeks ago. I come up, and my site is gone. It's just not there. I mean, it's still there. I can FTP it. I can see it's there, but I can't pull it up in the browser. And what, uh, I didn't even know somebody who I had the domain with had it through someone else who had it through someone else. And they decided I didn't exist anymore. And it took me all day to straighten it out. So that was, Mm. that's the thing. I just want to see it up and running. How about for you? It may be something more interesting. Um, the technical problems usually aren't, it's just, I, I don't have very many of those. And, um, I guess I'm lucky. Um, you know, the guy that runs my server really knows what he's doing. And I don't, I don't, I I know a lot of people think we're here sitting here twiddling knobs and, and and to, to screw up their experience, which is not true. (laughs) I I think the, the most disturbing thing that you don't like to see in the morning is that people, people get angry at technology. And so they fire off, um, you know, a nasty gram and they don't realize that there's a person that's actually going to read that and respond to them. And that's, that's a little jarring and I'm used to it. And you know, yeah, you, get, you get scales on your back eventually from that. Yeah. I've, kind of I've had a little bit of that myself because when I switched all of my books from print over to digital, well now, now it's a different, completely different process than putting a book in the mail, you know, and that, right. that's pretty pretty simple and most people understand that but you know i've had people go to the site and it i don't know how many times it says on the page download this uh, you know must say download four or five times a digital version pdf file and uh, once in a while this doesn't happen every day but it it happens every few months somebody buys it and then sends me an email when when do i get the book Uh, you know (laughs) it didn't come in the mail I'm like, right. well, uh, excuse me. Um, I've also, I think the biggest challenge I've had are tablets. And, you know, my site, and every, it operates great on laptops and desktops, but tablets, uh, some of the functions just, you know, I need to get, uh, you know, you or your guy to help me straighten that business out because some of these things just can't be done easily on a tablet. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that's that's common. You know, somebody says, I have the new Acer 10.93.a version of, you know, something. Running. Yeah, why, why don't the videos play? Well, <laughs> yeah. well, and, you know, technical issues are, I mean, everybody has them. I have them. And the, and the first inclination, I mean, I do this too, so I understand it, you know, is that you want to, the blame is, it's the other end's fault. And most of the computer problems that I have, they're an oversight on my part. And, and that's, I think that that's a shared experience. And so, you know, a lot of what I do during the day is, you know, helping people that are having problems with their computers uh, and their local problems. And, you know, the, the support area on our forum, I'd say 90% 90, 90 of those are problems that are local to somebody's, uh, you know, they're a problem with their firewall configuration or uh, a browser or they just didn't, a page didn't load. Right. Things of that nature. Yeah, so, I've, I've had um, my typical experience with somebody who's having trouble, you know, with a transaction or a download or something, is that by the time I get the email and I, I'll, I'm writing a response and trying to suggest this and this and this, and many times, um, about the time I hit send, I get one. Ah, I got it figured out. You know, I asked my wife, and she, you know, no problem, got it. You know, right? They, they usually solve it if you know. And, but but again, I, I have a lot of people, most people who visit my site, I never hear from. So things must be working. Uh, hey, what a little bit of advice would you give to a new user? Maybe somebody who's first time ever hopped over to Mandolin Cafe, uh, anything you would suggest to them to make, you know, their experience a little better? Not that it's not good already, but, you know, sometimes I've, I've seen new, new people show up on there with one or two posts and sometimes, you know, maybe not understanding what they can and can't do and should and shouldn't do and things like that. Well, I think I've given up on, on people actually reading guidelines and I get a lot of this. Well, I did this on, you know, the, the ultimate guitar forum or, you know, I did this on, you know, Facebook. Why can't I do it here? Right. Uh, but I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a community and there's a lot of people that, are, that have been there a lot of times. So when you, when you enter that, um, you know, you're, it's kind of like going into a, uh, you know, huge family and there's, you know, it's, it's, it's good. I, I think to, read a lot first and observe before you post. And, but I, the world doesn't work that way. And, and everybody wants the, an immediate answer. And uh, I understand that I'm that way too. So, um, I had a really interesting experience. Uh, you know, I don't hang around many forums other than my own, but, um, I do a lot of hiking. So I went to, uh, there's a really good, uh, forum for a uh, big Bend national park where I like to hike and, so I kind of started hanging out there as a user, and it kind of really gave me a different perspective. You know, I saw the, you know, all the personalities and everything, right. and, and uh, pretty interesting. Uh, it was a good experience, I think, for me to, to, uh, you know, to actually go through that process for about six months or a year of just, you know, being a member of a, of that kind of community and and seeing how it works. So. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've been one of those habitual lurkers. I'm, I'm prone to not be signed in. I, I'll probably visit your site certainly three, four, five times a week. Uh, 
but I, I usually forget to sign in. I don't like to keep my stuff, you know, permanently logged in. And, you know, I, I'll read and read and read and read and read and very rarely post. I just, mm. sometimes, I, you know, if you'll read far enough down, somebody has already said the thing you were thinking. So you've got, I don't know, what do you got? How many million postings have there been on there? Some There are people that have 20,000 posts that they've made. So I know <laughs> the total count must be just astronomical. Oh, I think it's like 1.6 million or something. Literally, you couldn't, You a lifetime is not long enough to absorb all that. Well, and I, um, you know, for years, I used to prune that number back. You know, I'd delete 30, 40,000. So yeah, just, yeah. just because a long time ago, uh, you know, I kind of thought all this was going away, but um, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it grew legs. Hey, so, um one there of, were there were quite a few years I probably have deleted a I, I couldn't even guess I think it'd have to be at least a half a million or, or wow. more posts from from maybe like because I started the first forum in 1998 or, 19, or yeah that's right 1998. Uh-huh. Well, I I think one of the things that I, that I see sometimes on there is somebody will come along and they'll say, you know I've I've searched through all the threads and I I can't find anything about X Y Z. So here I'm starting this new thread and, you know, sometimes four or five of the the users who've been around a long time will go, oh, that's been covered here. And, you know, but it, it, a lot of times it's, you know, I feel sorry for that person because you got a lot to search through. And, you know, sometimes it's might be better just to dump a bunch of stuff and start fresh threads, you know. Well, um, I don't mind people doing that. And I like that. I actually like when people come along and, and do that because uh, the conversation doesn't always stay static, you know. And what somebody said, you know, five years ago, right? And there's always room for new opinions, and, and I I think all that's healthy. And you do get you get some cranky users that they've seen, you know, um, the same question, you know, a hundred times. You right. know, I'm a, new, I'm a new user. What kind of pick do I use? What kind of strings? I mean, these are these are real questions that people have, and they want an answer. And it's a lot more pleasing to have a human answer you, you know, in real time than to read something somebody posted five years right, ago. Right, right. Hey, you know, another thing I really like about your site are, I don't know how frequently they come up, are the interviews that, that you do. And I was just curious... I, I mean, I've seen some great ones with obviously some of the great players and mandolin builders. I remember not too long ago you did uh, one with Steve Carlson, and I've, I've, you know, he's been kind of a mystery man in the mandolin world ever since Flatiron, you know, switched to Gibson. But me being a Flatiron guy, I've always, you know, kind of tried to trace what he was up to, and up comes the Mandolin Cafe interview with Steve Carlson and you've provided, you know, a tremendous service for that. And I was just curious, do you do those yourself and kind of how does that process work? I do some of them. Uh, but I also have about three or four, uh, main writers, uh, that, that contribute. And, uh, also, um, Ted Eshelman who runs, uh, jazzmando.com. He's done a number of, um, uh, interviews, uh, related to jazz players and, Dan Beinborn um, is a system administrator. He has done, he just did one with uh, Elisa Meyer, who's a, just a tremendous uh, 
player from Brazil, and he's done uh, he he's done uh, let's see I think two interviews with uh, Chris Thiele. Usually when he's in London, uh, he seems to be a little more accessible uh, there that he used to be. I don't think he, I don't think that guy is very accessible anymore. Yeah. He's 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 really uh, kind of climbed to the top of the. He, uh, he's kind of entered a different uh, uh, role in the world than most mandolin players. He's you know being on Prairie Home Companion. But, um, and then there's um, uh, Michael Eck, who is uh, just a tremendous writer, who is a uh, kind of a root scholar and musician himself from upstate New York. And uh, I've got, um, I hate to forget, uh, Bill Graham, uh, who's right. uh, worked for the Kansas City Star for 25 years or so. Has yeah, I've read some of his. Done, done a lot of writing for us. And uh, gosh, there's, there's uh, quite a few other people um, I'm probably going to leave somebody out, and so I, I don't think I'll try to go into, you know, who who writes for me. Um, it, interesting, I've got a couple of interviews uh, kind of in the pipeline. One of them is going to be with uh, Jenny Lynn Gardner, who uh, has played with Della, Della May and is a Grammy nominee, mm. who's just a tremendous uh, player and has just kind of stepped out with her first uh, solo recording. So we're going to, we're doing kind of, Working towards an interview with her, yeah, that's and we have a bunch of others kind of in the pipeline. So, so sometimes I do them, sometimes other people. I'm, I'm probably leaning a little more towards having other people do those, just because uh, for me to do that really takes you know eight, ten, twelve hours, and I've just about have enough irons in the fire that I <laughs> I just soon uh, pay a good writer to do that. Yeah, and and I'm sure there are people. You know, would just love to be asked to do that kind of thing. I'm not one of them. Don't don't ask me. I'm going to keep myself busy over here with this podcast. And um, one one other observation I'd like to make about the cafe is that there, I have a real tendency that when I come on there, you know, the first thing that pops up are the classifieds, which I love the classified system. It's it's been put a lot of you know put A with B. You've connected so many people there with those classifieds and. Uh, but that'll come up and the forum posts and I'll look at the, you know, the 10 most recent. I, I think people forget that there's stuff over on the sidebar and there, I just recently started digging through the social groups and it's just amazing. It's a whole, it's like another planet over there. And I I think it'd be good for people just to sit there someday and look at all the other things that are on there. It's amazing how much stuff you've got crammed into that site. Yeah, the, the, those social groups, I, I call it sort of the, the silent majority. It, it's massive, and it's uh, they're so, so varied. You know, I know it, I know everybody thinks everything's on Facebook now, but uh, there's it's 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 bigger than I don't even know what's there myself. <laughs> Sometimes I look in there and I go, oh my gosh, there's a, really a lot of content here, and it's a really serious group and. A lot of those people are kind of off. They don't really post on the the forum threads, but they they spend a lot of time in the social groups, you know, sharing information and friendship, and it's it's really cool. I, I think it's a great great thing. Yeah, I've I've been one of those. I I have been hanging around the newbies social group lately, and I'll I'll post over there probably way more often than I would ever out on the you know out in the main main section i i don't have many posts at one time i thought well i'll probably never reach 100 posts but i think i did top that not too long ago but that's been i think i've been on there since 09 mm-hmm. 
Anyway, hey, I want to tell you thanks for doing this, and I hope, I'm sure the audience has enjoyed this kind of behind the scenes, that man, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Hey, and that's that's also a Kansas thing, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. I got tickled the other day when we had these tornadoes ripping through Georgia, and I put something on Twitter or something about you know a picture of a tree all bashed and said something about sorry, you know I'm, today we're a little busy and you posted something about um, yeah, well when tornadoes come through, we just have a picket on the front porch and watch the thing. Something oh yeah, like that's it. yeah. The joke around here is when the sirens go off, the first thing you do is you go out on the front porch to to see if you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Here in Georgia, you don't see them coming. They're always rain wrapped, get all that moisture coming up from the Gulf, and with the trees. And you know, we basically live in a forest in the South. And you, you know, people don't see them coming. They always talk about sounding like a freight train coming. Well, they hear it. You know, they hear it over the Jerry Springer. You know, while they're sitting in their trailer. <laughs> <Hey>. uh, <laughs> anyway. Thanks for doing this and, you know, keep up what you're doing over there on the website. And I think, you know, people should tell you thank you more often because you have certainly brought a lot to mandolin players all over the planet. And I appreciate it, Scott. Thank you, Bradley. And it's great to be on this podcast and uh, looking forward to to seeing what you're going to do with it in the future. I appreciate that. Yeah, there's no telling. But I, I told my wife jokingly, she said, how many of these uh, episodes are you going to do? I said, I don't know, maybe 500 or so. So I don't know if I'll make it to 500, but I'm just going to keep on plugging away. And anyway, I appreciate you stopping by and doing the interview. Thanks, It Scott. was fun. Thanks, Brad. All right. Talk to you later. Well, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Scott Tishner of Mandolin Cafe. It's always interesting to peer behind the curtain and see how things work behind the scenes. And I hope you'll visit his site and explore it. You'll be amazed at uh, the depth and complexity and the amount of resources that are available for mandolin enthusiasts over at the Mandolin Cafe. And when you get done with all that web surfing, if you're not too worn out, you can always come over and visit my site, bradleylaird.com, and scope out the various mandolin offerings that I have. And don't worry, all you banjo pickers and dobro players and bass players and fiddle players and so on. I'm going to be bringing things just for you, too. So I hope everybody had a good time, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. (laughs) ¶¶